Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly, and always I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Now today I have three distinguished guests on the line who have been on the podcast before, but we're going to talk about the USDA box deal. $3 billion in contracts are going to go out. $1.2 billion of those contracts were released last Friday to companies all throughout the U.S. Now is this going to be fruitful for the farmer or just downright discouraging? So Shea Myers. Michael Chavez and Brent Ehrenwer are going to talk a little bit about this process, how this is helping farmers, how it's not going to help farmers, some of the opportunities, as well as some of the good companies that got awarded this program. Please welcome to the show, Shea Myers from Hawaii Produce. Hey, Shea, what's happening today, man? Not too much, just living the life, seeing what we can figure out. So where are you? Because between TikTok and LinkedIn, I try to follow you on your private little airplane between California and Idaho because I know you're planting and uh, your crops are rotating right now. So where are you today? Uh, this morning, I'm in Walla Walla, Washington. Okay. So not in California. I saw you in the onion crop in California starting, right? Yeah, the crop there started um, almost two weeks ago. Uh, we're here checking the, uh, the Walla Walla program, which is about three, maybe four weeks from starting. Um, as well so we're just kind of bouncing around keeping an eye on what's what's progressing and what's coming yeah we'll talk about what's progressing and what's coming i mean the, the box program came out uh with the awards i know you my myself brent um even mike chavez were kind of tagged in a couple things over the weekend about the usda approves 1.2 billion dollars in contracts for farmers to families food box program i'm not sure if that's an accurate statement or not <laughs> because Farmers to families, I think there were a lot of good people awarded, but looking at the list, it doesn't seem like anybody in our neck of the woods or people that we know or what's doing is is getting this deal. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It does seem um, kind of odd. I also think like the implementation, the way that it seems like it's going to be, well, the way that they are implementing it is minimizing actually the dollars getting to the farmer. Um, in a lot of ways, instead of maximizing those dollars, it's, 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 it's allowing the, the middle layers to, you know, reap the largest benefit. Yeah. And one thing in our industry, it's hard enough for all of us to get to the retailer. I mean, that's the number one goal, right? But there are a lot of middlemen and brokers within our industry already. So one, it's hard enough to sell to the retailers or the wholesalers or anybody without there being a middleman already to help throughout the supply chain and the process. Now we're going to add more that we have never even heard of. I mean, what do you think of that? Yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, the idea of bringing not only, I mean, it's risky on multiple fronts, but I mean, bringing folks in that do not know uh, how the industry works, that don't have the right licensing, that don't have the right logistics, that don't have the right understanding. Like there's a really high risk of them failing at delivering these boxes. But there's also a, a significant risk to what they're going to do to the industry as they come in and how they're going to actually be able to execute and how they're actually and if they're actually going to pay the farmer. 
that's the real question if and when they pay the farmer because that is a big deal in our industry we're required to get multiple licenses right well, i know california with me and you probably have this with your company but we have to have the cdfa license we got to have the paca license we have to have multiple licenses to be able to one sell in our industry but then be tracked as well right to make sure that growers are getting paid right that's why we sign up with guys like western growers i mean this is why we do this to make sure our industry is accounted for and we're making sure that these crazy people don't come into our industry and start robbing us i mean that's the truth because how many of those people come in and next thing you know you get a cash deal here and there okay maybe i'll trust you maybe i won't and now the government's giving these people we have no idea all this money and we have to trust them that they're going to do the right thing without the licenses. I mean, could you imagine going to your insurance company or, um, if, you know, if you use them and you say, Hey, I did business with this company. We knew they didn't have a pack of license. We knew they weren't represented in the produce and supply chain industry, but we did business with them because the government gave them money. Well, I mean, what would yeah, your attorney say to you? Yeah. Yeah. They would tell you you're crazy. They, they would, would say, say you're crazy. And on top of that, Look at the food safety side of the deal. That's where they would freak out more than anything else is from the food safety side. You're like, well, you sold to these guys and your, your, your audits are all in place. Your food safety system is all in place, but you sent it to someone who didn't have any of that in place. And now there's a recall. Yeah. Who's liable for all this? I mean, that's one of the biggest things that our industry has had to jump through since the Listeria cases, right? I mean, all these different things with groundwater, we have had a fight, not just an uphill battle, but like a Mount Everest battle, man, right? It's like straight vertical. Our industry's come such a long way for us to take, I hate to say it, the blame, right? Because we've done such a good job throughout the supply chain, going all the way back to the grower, sharing information with people that we really are like, should we share this information to them? Are they going to come take our grower? Remember, I mean, how many phone calls did we used to have before all this finally merged and we gave up our food safety information and who our growers were and what water samples we were doing? I mean, that took a lot for us to do that. And one, that was with people we were already doing business with, Shay. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. It's, it's a totally different scenario. So what do we foresee out of this? Because I know we've got a couple other guys that are going to talk right after you about what they see for, you know, in the box deal, what they see in the upcoming future of this. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is we have to stand together and start, I would say, you know, protesting, right? But we got to start reaching out to all of our government agencies and letting them know that how are we supposed to do business with these people? How are we supposed to trust? I mean, what assurance do we have? And if we can't get it, then we got to figure out a way I mean, I hate to say it, for the government to, a, to do a rebid or for those companies not to be able to be on that bid anymore. I mean, when, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think all of that. I think that the, the most frustrating thing about this is it seems like they didn't have or there was not much of a conversation with any industry experts. Like all it would take is six people, any six people with a sizable company with a reputation of delivering to their customers in a meeting for 30 minutes and all of these things could have been avoided or most or many of them could have been avoided. And that's the thing I, I mean, I, I know the, the implementation process is being pushed and the idea is to get those dollars out there. And I don't think anyone, you know, took the approach of, okay, let's figure out how to make a mess of this thing. It was just, they didn't take the time and they didn't talk to the right people to 
figure out what the process should be, what licenses should be in place, what food safety audits should you have, you know, what, what type of facilities and cold chain should you be able to maintain? All of those things seem to be or have been overlooked. And it was all about dollars or the presentation's look, you know, from the application or something. I'm not sure what all this was measured, the decision process was made, but it, that's the part that there's, there's a disconnect, you know, from, from the left hand to the right hand or from A to Z. I definitely agree with you because even being on those calls that we were on for the USDA, they were so crazy. I mean, you understood the program, but at the end of the day, you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I might get into this, but there were still so many unforeseen circumstances where you were like, what? You didn't answer this question or this question. So I can totally see that, but I definitely see this program helping, right? In some certain ways I do. because Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's going to help, but is it going to help as much as it could if it's implemented and brought into action correctly? Here's, here's an example, and this is, this is going to be my frustration that's going to come out later on, but I'm getting phone calls today with people who won the bids who are now asking me to give them pricing. So as a farmer, okay, and, and, and Brent will have a different perspective, and the wholesalers have their value, and they, they're absolutely necessary. But if we're really trying to maximize the dollars to the farmer as the, as the bill was presented, then the money should be going as directly as possible to the farmer and avoiding as many, as many middlemen as you can. Because now the motivation of the, many of the people who have won these awards is to maximize their profit. So the money isn't going to the farm, it's going to that person in the middle. And that, that seems messed up to me if the idea is to get the money to the farmers. Now, the distributors are hurting too, the wholesalers are hurting too, so I have a, you know, some level of forgiveness and understanding there, but it sure would be nice if we were working together so I'm not getting break-even prices on my onions and you know, someone else in the middle is two or three or four Xing their money. Well, and that's what's happening. I mean, I mean it's gonna happen. We know, we know that because we see it now and it happens right now, but again, there are some things where you overlook but now it's like, these guys aren't in our industry. You're going to get calls from these guys. Hey, I need onion pricing. Hey, I need citrus pricing. We need this box deal. They're going to want it on pennies on the dollar because one, they're probably going to contract with warehouses that are going to be overcharging them knowing that they got this deal. They're not going to understand that it's a per box, per pound. You know, all these different things that we know. They might, right? They might get a little bit into it. But they're going to have to have our industry supply them. They're going to have to have our industry get them the knowledge. They're going to have to understand when imports start and why they can't use these different fruits and why they're short on all these different things. So I, I think that it's going to be a struggle for this first process. But I do think, like I said, there are guys that did win this bid that we do know that we're like, okay, good. At least some of our buddies got it. We're like, okay, let's see how this works out. Um, but even then, it's like if you're trying to help the small farmer, why are we giving – 30, 40 million to one company to supply. I mean, this should have been broken down, like you said, into regions. The USDA should be smarter than that to know. And I don't want to be rude to anybody, right, or any one organization, but come on. Like, we, they, we know how many companies are registered. You know, if you go to the USDA website and then look up some of these companies that won the bids, you can't even find them. But sure enough, you can type in Owyhee Produce, you can type in Flavorwave, you can type in Brothers Produce, and sure enough, our licenses are on that website. Yeah, they are. It's I don't know where it came from either, but yeah, whether they were just trying to get the money out or not, I, I have no idea at this point anymore because 
I think it's starting to hurt everybody's feelings, as we say, and that's why people don't want to get angry about it. But look, at the end of the day, um, a lot of this money could be used because people's restaurants are down and 90% of food service is down in our industry. So I do agree with you, man, that like this is, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out over the next 90 days. Yeah. And, and I think you could, it's, it's definitely a positive, it's going to have a positive impact on commodity pricing and, and give some value back to the farm. But how, the other, the other thing to look at is what are the ramifications of those dollars going to people who can't execute? And what is, <laughs> what does that do to tarnish this program as a whole? Right. I mean, like it's a lot easier to fix this problem from the, from the get go, from the start than it is to say, you know, this was a, this was an absolute disaster and it was all done wrong and we wasted billions or hundreds of millions of dollars doing things that we shouldn't have. Um, if we fix it now, that doesn't have to happen. We can work with people and should work with people from growers to distributors, to wholesalers, to everyone that's reputable and has proven that over, you know, potentially decades. Do you think that we should automatically trust some of these new companies that have come in and rely on them to do what's right? Because as a buddy of mine told me, he goes, think about it like this though. You just win a $39 million bid. You're going to go look at a warehouse. And then the guy tells you, oh, it's only going to cost you $100,000 for the next three months. You're looking at your $39 million bid going, oh, I could pay that. And, but realistically, they don't understand all these different costs involved with the warehouse, right? Pallet strapping, ordering pallets, right? All the different things, the wrap. So think about it. They might see it as, oh, I can rent the space, but then they don't understand how every piece of this supply chain comes to it. So they're going to be spending all this money hiring employees, hiring and leasing space for everything that is already there. The foundations are already right. for a lot of these organizations. You nailed it. You nailed something very important. Why are we building up infrastructure when all of the existing infrastructure is being underutilized right now in the first place? It, just like the restaurants, they're having takeouts and curbside because they're being underutilized. We're not building new restaurants. Exactly. Exactly. So why are we building produce distrib distribution houses? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Nailed man. It. Makes perfect sense. So, all right, Shay, well, I appreciate you jumping on the line today. I know you're traveling. So uh, we'll get back with you soon and have safe travels. Okay, dude? All right. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. So we just had Shay Myers on the line, which is awesome to hear from, I call him the Onion King. You know, he's got onions all over the United States, can supply it 365 days a year. But now we're going to move more into citrus, and we're going to talk to Michael Chavez at Golden Star. What's up, Mike? Hey, Pat. How you doing? Glad to uh, be back on the uh, Produce Industry Podcast once again. Always exciting topics to discuss. Yeah, man, I was going to say it's your third time and we know that everybody knows it's your third time because you have been leading the downloads on your episodes. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Mike at Golden Star because he is the leading downloads and thank you everybody for listening and for downloading Mike's episode. Um, he truly appreciates it and so do I. Um, but now today we're talking about something a little bit more, more interesting than just downloads is we're talking about the produce box deal. So this produce box deal, as I spoke about earlier, the USDA approved $1.2 billion in contracts. Wait, wait for it. Farmers to families food box program. But as you can tell, Shay and I talked about, is this really farmers to families? Is this really helping the farmer? Yes, it's going to help the farmer. 
Yes, it's going to help certain parts of our industry. Yes, it's going to create revenue. But there's also a couple of their sides to this as well. There are a lot of growers, packers, shippers, wholesalers that have these infrastructures already set up that did not get one piece of this pie. And Golden Star is one of them. So Mike, let's just chat a little bit about um, your process through this really short. And then obviously about the industry because this is crazy, man. I mean, this is crazy. Uh, crazy is the operative word right now. Um, this box program, you know, in a nutshell, uh, was requested to help charities, nonprofits, schools, anyone with a 501c3 registration. And the bare bones of this is fantastic. When I read it, I got goosebumps. It was built around helping, you know, those currently in need due to the COVID, uh, COVID situation, as well as small farmers. I think I definitely qualify as a small farmer. Um, so I was excited. I was thrilled to, uh, you know, have a shot at uh, bidding, helping uh, communities, you know, over the United States. So I came up with a box, you know, had some citrus, had some stone fruit. I think it was a great 18 pound, 20 pound uh, box option. Uh, I felt the price point was very, uh, very fair, very uh, competitive and um, threw together not only my supply, a uh, support from another uh, California farmer of stone, stone fruit. We were going to be the facilitator to uh, pack and distribute, so I, which means I had to set up logistics because uh, I bid for Florida as well as California. Uh, distribution out in Florida and alignment with charities in California as well as Florida. So we were stoked, you know, made a lot of phone calls, got a lot of charities uh, excited and to turn this bid in, follow the exact protocol, you know, finding something to, you know, really sink your teeth into, you know, it's our passion and to get a goose egg was a little surprising. My uh, feelings right now are upset. I feel like a letdown to the charities that I coordinated with. I feel like a letdown for, you know, a lot of the services along the way. I feel like a letdown to the farmer. And upon reviewing the awardees, I was just, my mind was blown. I don't know what else to say, you know, doing a little research over the weekend and not trying to just bury my whole Mother's Day weekend into this. Some of these companies, it just makes no sense. The number one concern for me is these are non-produce companies, nowhere in the vicinity of being a produce company. And no, no pack of licenses on, on the handful that I've looked at and I've heard, you know, seeing on LinkedIn and other, uh, other social media outlets and word of mouth talking to people who are also, you know, very, very surprised at the awardees. No pack of license means no protection for the grower, you know, very, very scary stuff. And the dollar amounts that some of these non-pack of license holding companies that are awarded are pretty substantial, tens of millions of dollars. So very scary, but that, that's where we are right now. I just don't understand why and this isn't from an angry uh an angry emotion from me about me not directly getting uh awarded i just feel disappointed that these awardees I, I don't know what else to say are just people that don't even know our industry and all of a sudden they're coming off the street to use this box program which is farmers to families as a profit center yeah it's gonna put purchasing power as uh shay and i were talking about into people's hands that don't need it the infrastructure is already here now listen i get it there's some companies on here that we know right 
I, I'm looking at the list right now. I mean, and I'm not afraid. I mean, Alta Fresh. We know who Alta Fresh is, right? Um, who, who's another one? We know Four Earth Farms, right, Mike? We know these people. So there's a Kusman, couple of these. Four Earth, Grasmic. There's some great companies. There's the some Berry good Man companies local. on here. My cousin's but, husband works for the Berry Man, but there's a lot of the question mark companies. Right? And that's some of that, like, catering company, right? I mean, or BE Co. Inc. I mean, you can't even find some of these companies in any of the USDA databases. And, you know, even like PACA or Blue Book. I mean, one thing that our inter- industry should be doing right now is standing together in all this. Because, listen, if we don't stand together, we're not going to make anything happen. So imagine us, right, that went in on this box deal and put it in and didn't get anything. Now we're no different than the import guys on the pineapple and mango side that weren't even allowed in on this deal, but their main markets is to the United States of America. So now did we kind of not let the importers in on all the fruit that comes from, you know, imports to the U.S. like we talked about earlier, which is, again, pineapples, mangoes, asparagus, right? But now we took it away from the farmer who actually packs these things in the United States and gave them to companies that, again, have no idea what to do. They're looking for food safety. They're looking for wholesale markets. As I told Shay earlier, ready for this? Mike, you get awarded $39 million. You are not a produce company. You go to the first wholesaler and you say, hey, I want to rent the, uh, the building and the space. And that wholesaler says $100,000 for the year. You just got awarded 39 mil. You're going to be like, yeah, okay, I can do that. But then what about all the extras that come involved in that? Repacking, labor, um, heat, heat plated, uh, what are they? The, uh, sorry, the pallets, right? Um, all these different things, packaging, bagging, all these different things that they don't understand that come with it. And how is that going to help our industry by now we're getting another layer in and then they negotiate with us on what the price is, where it's going to be. Now, I'm happy to do business with someone if they can be verified and we know, right? We can treat them like export sometimes. 50% down on B of L, 50% down on arrival. I agree. This is, uh, you know, you hit every, uh, every point, you know, that's going through my mind and it's a little hard for me to collect my thoughts. It's, there's just so many areas of this that there's just not, not pinholes. You're talking gaping holes here. And uh, I'm, my goal is not to take shots at any company who was awarded or not awarded at all. You know, this is not about name dropping or trying to pick, uh, you know, these guys are, these, these companies are, are valid suppliers. These ones are not. At this point, I just feel like I'm trying to understand in general why some of these big wholesalers coordinated with, you know, as a citrus option for supply during this, you know, whether I got the bid directly through Golden Star or I got it through ABC Wholesale in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, um, or any other wholesalers, why those guys weren't bid either. Because I know some, some of those wholesalers who have the means, have the food safety, have the logistics, have the supply chain already built, were not awarded. It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. You know, reputable companies, you know, decades in the industry, tried and true, you know, battle, battle-tested uh, companies that uh, do some of these regular trade mitigation solicitations. We've always went in under the, uh, on the trade mitigation solicitations for uh, Citrus as a subcontractor, which is fine with me because my contractor, you know, does the freight and I do the, the uh, orange supply or Citrus supply. And, 
it makes no sense that some of these companies with no past performance in this industry to any degree, whether it's USDA solicitations, um, regular day-to-day trading or retail contracts or wholesale operations, you know, I think a lot of these companies do not have that background and that that's concerning for a lot of reasons. And like you mentioned that this just makes no sense as to why, you know, these companies probably, probably lacking, and I may be, I may be generalizing here without facts, probably lacking food safety, probably lacking uh, facility capability, and probably lacking the logistics side of it, all of a sudden have, you know, 10, 20, $30 million to play with. Now they can work it backwards and figure out solutions to these, uh, to these, uh, to fulfill this uh, box program that they've, graciously been awarded yeah for sure and here's the other thing is that we got to look is that there are positives out of this right because there is going to be a lot of money that does go back to the farmer so if you look at one company that's been kind of blasted over social media that we saw was that you know the c-r-e-a-a-d-8 which is you know says you know kind of catering llc but they were awarded only 6.25 million dollars of produce um the big kicker was they specialize in catering and they have these prepackaged meal boxes. And if you look at the bid, they got 25 million in prepackaged foods, right? So obviously that 39 million that these guys got awarded, 6.25 million of that was for produce. Now I, I get what you're thinking in your head going, yeah, but 6.25 million that should have went somewhere else. Agreed. I totally agree with that. So we got to look at this as a holistic approach too and say, listen, there's going to be a lot of people that get these deals. Now we have to hope that the, the Kuzmans of the world, the Costa Fruit, right? The Coastal Sunbelt Produce, the Four Earth Farms, uh, Damari Fresh, right? These guys I know, so I'm naming them off and I'm going through the, the bid right now. But these are guys that we got to try and team up with uh, to make sure that they get these. Because if they don't, then yeah, we're going to be stuck either trying to sell to these guys or we got to figure out a way to get all of our community together to protest against this and have them do a rebid and make sure everybody has a pack of license and making sure they're all uh, signed up with everything, have to confirm their food safety programs. Um, but if not, then we're, we're stuck in the dust. I agree. I agree. I, um, and I know the uh, the barriers of entry to be a direct vendor for the USDA solicitations is outside of this box program. Um, they're as stringent as any retail, you know, you, any retailer that uh, you can go and try and get a, a vendor ID number with. And uh, you know, I I don't know if I shared that with you or not, but I had a major retailer. Their uh, vendor ID or uh, excuse me, their application to become a vendor was 72 pages long when I completed it. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's very thorough and very extensive. The USDA is not 72 pages to become a vendor, but uh, it's definitely a lot more hoops to jump through, so to speak, to ensure that you're, you're of qualification, you're of the capability, and you're a, you're a trusted partner that they can bring into the mix to even bid on their contracts. So I, I understand this was done in, in a rushed manner, Totally get it. There's a lot of people in the United States who need help. Totally get that. But, you know, the, the, the choices that have been made are, they got me scratching my head, and I don't think I'm the only one. Yeah, you're 100% right. Well, we're going to talk to one more industry expert next. 
Uh, we have Brent Aaronwort who's going to be coming on. And Mike, I always appreciate talking to you because you've got a different aspect coming from a different part of the world in California, right? And so does Shea Myers coming from Idaho and Brent coming from Houston, Texas. And the goal here is to kind of unite our industry. We're not trying to say, hey, woe is me. We didn't get a bid. When? No, <laughs> that's not what we're doing here. We're talking about real things that are happening within our industry and exposing things because there is a Freedom of Information Act. So we should be able to see what's going on and see what prices and see what's happening so we don't get left in the dust. And we should have a choice as the farmer, grower, packer, shipper, wholesaler to see if we want to do business with these people or not. Am I right? I totally agree. And maybe this is our wake up call for our industry in general. And I know I don't exercise all my rights as a Western growers member at all. And a personal, good personal friend of mine, you know, has told me, you just got to pick the phone up. We have someone sitting right there in Sacramento who can address any issues. Maybe this is the wake up call for us in, as an industry, you know? And like I said, my goal is not to come off from a place of anger. It's just trying to trying to understand, you know, the processes of why these decisions were made the way they were. And maybe there's more to this. I don't, I don't see it. You know, there's a lot of in, industry veterans. Shay's, Shay's very active, very intelligent guy. So is Brett. I mean, I think they're in the same boat as myself, but you know, maybe bottom line, this is the wake up call to growers like myself, actors like myself, you know, industry veterans, wholesalers, all of us collectively to really, you know, kick it in gear as far as being a lot more vocal with the government, being more vocal with our industry, you know, maybe this is it. So I guess we'll see. We'll see what transpires. Thank you so much for jumping on the line during this hectic time, man. Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate everything you do. Well, everyone, that was Michael Chavez with Golden Star Citrus. It was great to hear his insight on the produce box program and how he bidded on it. He was most concerned about the industry, though, not just himself. So next, we have Brent Aaron on the line. And I want to welcome him as a produce industry activist. Hey, Brent, thanks for jumping on the line today, man. We just talked to Shea Myers and Michael Chavez a little bit about their experience during the produce box, uh, I would say, fiasco whether it's fruitful or fearful as we keep seeing but 1.2 billion dollars has been awarded and you were in on the bid mike was in on the bid shay was in on the bid none of us got it some good companies did but this is very very frustrating my man you know it's i talked to a lot of people over the weekend um when i, when I got the news friday i mean discouraged yes went to a good company here that's that's promising but at the end of the day it's not really going to fix the issue because this needed to be spread out but over the weekend i started dissecting the bid and a lot of things obviously i shared online and the problem is now my anger turned to more of anger for how this bid was conducted and i don't know at this point do we have negligence i mean what do we have here because it's so bad and there's so many bad ramifications that are going to spiral off of this that I don't, I don't even want to begin to think how bad this could be, not only for our industry, but for the end using consumer and the people relying on these boxes. It's, it's going to be devastating. What do you think about the programs that are out there? This is only for the first segment. What about the second segment? Because that's what people keep telling me. You're focusing on only one segment. The rebid for the next segment's going to come out. 
You just, what if you get that bid? Are you going to be pissed that you didn't get the first one? Or do you think that it's going to get to that point or it's going to be another randomization, boop, practice the computer button, and more different companies are going to get the bid for the second time around that we've never heard of? I, number one, I hate to say it, but I think half of those people that won this bid won't even deliver their first box. Um, I don't think they'll ever deliver a first box on that deal. Um, so leading that into the second question, I don't know if we'll get to a phase two because I think we dropped the ball so bad in phase one. I think the only thing to do is probably yank the whole process and find a new solution because this way obviously didn't work. Yeah, I agree. And and you, I know you've reached out to some political figures. I've reached out to some political figures as well, our local and state government in California. I know you're reaching out in Texas. I know Shay's reached out uh, in Idaho. And it's interesting because the only way this is going to get fixed is if we fix it. And Michael and I were talking off the mic and we said this, I said, this isn't a time I go for us to just go, okay, let's figure this out. We'll sell to these companies. Like on LinkedIn, you saw that guy that was like, Hey Brent, you should, you know, help these companies and you know, teach them. No, no, we're not. Give them a, give them a crutch to be a competitor down the road. I mean, and and it's not about that at the end of the day. It isn't about that. We need, we need the jobs in our industry already here. So we got a guy like San Antonio, the best example of this whole deal is a wedding planner. So we got a guy that's, hiring for 125 temporary jobs with no experience needed. And we got people relying on these hires for their PPP loan process. It's insane. There's so many people that were waiting on this deal. And this wasn't about making money. It was about surviving to the next phase. Yes, but, but Brent, but to some people, and I talk about this a lot and you know, I bring this up a lot and you always laugh at me too about my millennial boom, but we live in a baby boomer ran industry. And we know that because the statistics of owners and board of directors within our industry, your father's still working. And so is mine, right? They're still for that mentality. So yes, I could see, and I've talked to some guys that are of that age range that are doing that because they're looking at survival. They're like, well, we're down in sales. So I need to find other ways to make money off my money. And you're like, wait a minute though, that's not what this is for. So I agree. Some guys are looking at this going, it's survival still to them because they're thinking in five years, they're not going to have the money anymore or they will be out of business. But then the real survival is the companies that you just said that are going out of business. Yep. It's, it's just crazy. Like I said, it's, we feel like we've been in this race. I was talking to somebody yesterday and when we didn't get this bid on Friday, it's like, we put our hands on our knees and bent down and said, shoot, like, what do we do now? Like, what's the next lap? You know, we were on the, we were standing on an island amongst all the water. We just got like the thing pulled out from under us and fell right back into the water now for the next phase. Yeah. For the next, you know what, the next century, they used to say about the, for the next 90 days. Now, you know, the next 90 days. That's a century to us though, because as they say in our world, right, you know, we can make good money uh, certain seasons, but it can be flipped around by one, one season, one bad hailstorm, one bad weather, right? So it's like, it might be good or bad for three months, but this three, this three months is going to feel like an eternity figuring out what's happening. And I agree, we're not going to focus on it, but there's a lot of companies out there that are going to be reaching out. Shay said it earlier, Patrick, he goes, there's people reaching out for onions now. right now. They're like, hey, we got this bid. And they're not going to sell those people. 
No, a lot of people are not. They're not going to. And then as you saw my post, look what I said to you. I said, Brent, I mean, what if we do not supply these people? And then me and you went back and forth of, yeah, but then we're screwing the actual people who need the food. That's the hard part. But That's, at the end of the day, we're not, there's no guarantee we're going to get paid by those people. No. And we talked about that too. And that's why I think your tweet um, to Sonny Purdue and Congress up there was like, wait a minute, what assurance do we have? These people don't have USDA. They don't have PACA. They don't have food safety. You know, look at this. And even myself, I've got a couple more phone calls today with some of these political action committees that I realized I reached out and said, Hey, did you know that no farmer in this range got this box deal? I even had someone reach out and say, what box deal? And I was like, Oh my goodness. I was yeah, like, trust me, when they see the list today, they're going to get a little more shocked. Well, yeah, it's, it is shocking. Like I reached out even to uh, Devin Nunez in Visalia, California. Um, I'm going to be reaching out to Jim Acosta next their, their, um, their office. But I think this has got to get to all state and local, federal, all around the board because it's got to get back up to the USDA that this was not awarded right. Now, again, I'm going to say it again. Ready? The guys that did get it, I'm happy for you because there are a lot of good guys on this list that we know. And we talked about it earlier on and off. But you got Pacific Coast Fruit, right, that we know. We got Earth, uh, Four Earth Farms that we know. I mean, yeah, you got Kuzman's, but then there's all these other ones that we're like. Yeah, uh, yeah, but look at those Kuzman's ones because they're not the ones on the coast. They're secondary suppliers like in my market that are quote-unquote jobbers. Ah, so they're more like repackers and things like yes. that. So, yes. okay, and, and again, you said it in your post. It should have been split up between multiple peoples because there's four to five. What, how many actually in Houston, how many distributors are there? How many wholesalers? Are there a lot or is it just a few main people? I just got an email from the U.S. from the Congress. I'll read this. Said they basically got passed on that I concerns over the the program. We're 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 still pouring over the announcement and admit we are highly concerned about the USDA's ability to stand up to a program and award contracts on this notice. I'm happy to talk about specific issues you've noticed or experienced in the solicitation phase. Who's so that this, from? It's from a man named Brandon Honeycutt. Out of what state? Texas? Uh, no, this would be out of his mail address is mail.house.gov. So maybe in Washington? Yeah, this is some of the House representatives in that. Yeah, so are the House. Okay. So look, I mean, this is where I keep saying is we have to stand together as an industry. I've had people reach out uh, to me, and I know people have reached out to you saying, hey, you know, you didn't win this fight, you know, go fight another battle. But it's like, if we don't fight this battle today, we're losing for the next 20 no, no, years. There's no Me Too movement on this, and I'm the carnival barker, the same few of us are we've lost. Because they're not going to believe me much longer if I don't show some substance. This guy's the subcommittee staff director for the Ag Committee. How do we get and how do we and how do we get like I said to Sonny Purdue that put this bill out to get him to understand that hey if you want to put deals together why don't you consult with some industry experts find That's out what who we the real players about. are and move forward. I just talked to another organization about that, um, and yeah, we've got we're we've exposed a lot of holes here, and it's like I told somebody if we get one market reevaluated. That's a step. It's like this all political and that's a step in the right direction because it just takes winning one battle to press forward in the war. 
I agree with you. I think if we can start one little movement and that's what starts the revolution, we've talked about this revolution coming in our industry for a while too, Brent. So I, I agree. I do think it's sad that, you know, a company like yourself didn't get it. As Chavez said, he goes, man, I'm not really worried about myself. I mean, it would have been really cool to get something like this through the citrus industry because he provided these different types of packs and what he was doing. But at the end of the day, he was like, but not one of my local citrus companies, my buddies got this deal. None of my people that I know that I sell to got this deal. You know what I mean? It Should was, I have pivoted to be a wedding planner? What made that? What, did I miss? I've been pretty good at pivoting and all this. Did I make the wrong pivot? You know, should I have been a wedding planner or a caterer? Because they, I see a few caterers on this list. Well, and it's funny because if you talk to people outside our industry, like I was just having a conversation with my wife about it over dinner last night, right, on Mother's Day. And she was just like, well, maybe it's these companies that were already set up with the government. And I said, oh, 100%. I said, these probably oh, it is. were. I go, they were already set up. Some of these, like, look, even at that catering company, you got to realize, and I told this to Michael, they got $39 million, but 25 million of that dollars is going to prepackaged chicken and other meats, right? For prepackaged, only six and a half million or 6.25 million of that dollars is going towards produce. But again, it's not the point. The point is it's, they're not a company in the San Antonio area that does this. They're a catering company. So I agree with you. They probably already were catering to large organizations, probably political action committees or other people of these you're not going to want yeah, to hear, hear how these companies got it probably, but you ever heard of a thing called a professional bid writer? Yes, I have. That would be probably why some of these got it. I was going to say, do you think it just went out that way? They said they, they third party this thing out. Boom. Like I said, yep. randomly selected. That's exactly. That's Cause I do exactly agree. I, I don't understand how one company gets 40 million. We got another one. Listen, we have uh, Tulsa fruit, go fresh. Listen, congratulations, but $53 million they got. That, for the that great company, unbelievable guy. Yeah, great I know company. Those, I know those guys, but I also know their capacity. And I also think that market should have gone to good Fresh Point House there. Is it yeah, we know Fresh Point. Frontier, well. Frontier's there, good company. Go Fresh, cream of the crop there. And they we know Go all Fresh that. would probably have not been mad if they only got $20 million versus who, if it, it would have been to say they up. want it all? You know, who's to say they want the whole thing? They probably don't. Exactly. And again, we're not speaking for any companies, but we all, like I said, we're proud of it. But then we look at how could have this been diversified? How could this been uh, made up to where more companies thrive, more companies get the opportunity? I mean, geez, I think there was one avocado company that you see got 40 million. I, I mean, that's that literally. One. Yeah, that's another one I've heard brought up a few times. I, I saw that as well. And I was like, listen, congratulations for the avocado industry. But it's like one company got 40 million. Holy crap. Like, wow. I, I just, some of these things, like, I, I just can't believe. But, and then you go all the way down that some companies got $50,000 or, and you're like, like a how huge did, company. Yeah. How did they, or $299,000 or even like a company out of Interfresh in Los Angeles. A good company. I know Chris. Oh, I know yeah, Chris well. Puentes, yeah, yeah. yeah know Chris. Chris is a buddy of mine. I mean, I, I love. He would have benefited. Chris. Chris benefits more from people like me getting it. Yes, exactly. Because and again, exactly, they would. But again, we look at that. Interfresh only got, I think, um, two two point eight million dollars. Interfresh does more than that in a you know in a, probably a month. You know what I mean? I mean, 
but it's just funny. It's like, how do these numbers? Oh, wait, what about H HP Hood LLC? They only got 11. How about the something Baptist Ministries? Sure, they got a pack of license. Isn't that crazy? And again, we're not dogging on the companies. We're just trying to understand. Like Premier Catering got 13 million. I mean, this is rich chicks. Yep, the rich chicks one. I mean, that's to so me, they're going to be rich now. It's interesting. You know what I mean? It's just it's interesting. And again, rich chicks got how much did they get? Uh, more than million? I did. More than I did. 17 million? It's you know, it's like a to be continued. This thing's changing by the hour. I mean, I haven't done anything this weekend. It was a failed weekend on all fronts because I've just been it's almost felt like a political campaign this last three days because I've had to really dive deep and I'm not sleeping. I'm not doing anything until we see justice on this deal. So we get the national attention that needs to be drawn to this thing. I agree with you. I think that between a few of us and even Shay and Michael, were talking about it. We got to keep creating awareness. We got to keep bringing this up because this fight can only be won uh, by our community we don't need to be bringing anybody in to fight this fight. We need to be collectively talking. And that's why you said it on LinkedIn a bunch of times. We need these industry organizations to get together and not focus on one part of the industry. And if we're going to focus on one part of the industry for some of these trade organizations, then a new trade organization will be made that is really going to benefit uh, our community. I mean, yes, I know we have Western growers. They, they fight for us. Yes, we know we have all these other trade organizations. But as you said, a lot of them are staying quiet. I mean, we're not going to get into that. But again, I, I will say I've had some talks with the PMA today, and we'll leave it. At, well, listen, we'll leave it at that because names. that is good news. I'm not going to say names of who I've talked to there. It's, there's some some good people there that I talked to. Again, uh, exactly, and even my goal, my goal, and the person I talked to um, cares. The person I talked to cares. That's good. And, that's a step in the right direction for us. Now, what we need is a voice, again, who cares, just like our congressmen, just our, our local representatives. That's, that's what we need. We need a statement because something was said on the call. I didn't recognize a lot of those companies on that list. That's scary, right? Yeah, and it should be scary for PMA, and it should be scary for United Fresh and Western Growers, all of these companies, because if we let these companies in, who are we going to turn to when we get screwed over? So. I posted a quote yesterday that, yeah, anytime somebody's awarded something, it's taken away from somebody else. So if we let somebody else in the industry, we're pushing somebody else out. Well, listen, Brent, I want to appreciate you jumping on today. It's always fun to chat with you. Um, it always is great to look at things from a different perspective. You're still running and going, doing your thing. You're still innovating. I know this was a tremendous downfall to not get this, but as another thing is, is, we're going to come out of this stronger. We're still developing new programs. And remember, there's still a lot of consumer models that you're working on that are going to be longstanding to come after this is all over. So I think we're going to get through this um, somehow, some way, but we're going to be fighting every day until we get through this. I think we're going to see some national traction on this. Government-aided produce box. I mean, that's a national story. That's, that's mining your money right there. That's our tax-paying money that not only now is being wasted, but it's taking away and hurting our industry whenever, you know, the historically challenged multi-generational small farm now is going to be in jeopardy of going out of business because 
they're growing for a bigger company such as a Driscoll or an Andy Boy. And now they're not including any of these bids because they're going to people that financially can't support what they've got. Or hey, maybe their blue book rating's too low on some of these, you never know. Um, or they don't have a pack of license. And that's gonna create a downfall in the econ in the our industry and some shortcomings that are ultimately gonna affect the supply chain. Strategically planned and how things happen. So I do agree with you a lot. Um, there's many things that are going to come out of this. So again, I do appreciate you for jumping on the line today and uh, we'll keep fighting the good fight, man. Yeah. No. Well, everyone, we heard from three industry leaders today on the produce box deal that was awarded by the USDA. Now, there's still a lot of opportunity in this. There's still a lot of fruitful opportunities. But on top of that, we are still discouraged by some of this as you heard from some of our guests today. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna keep fighting, we're gonna keep moving forward, and we gotta know that we are gonna work together in the produce industry. I wanna thank everyone who's been listening and coming along in this journey with us. We are gonna have a part two of the produce box because this afternoon we did see a great letter by Tom Stencil, the president of United Fresh Produce Association, reached out to the USDA and started asking some really, really good questions. So we look forward to seeing what tomorrow brings, and we look forward to seeing you in the fields and on the horizon. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.